I introduced myself like I introduced myself to a lot of people that know you. I'm Molly McAllister's sister. <laughs> I'm her younger sister, Jessie. <laughs> and that's where it ends. <laughs> Welcome to The Found Podcast with Molly Knuth, a podcast for women who are founding and getting found with their businesses online. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and my mission is to help women rewrite how we live and work on our own terms. We want to grow families, impact others for the better, and be a positive force in our communities. But we also want to have a fulfilling life, you know? In the past six years, I've gone from being a stay-at-home mom to a freelance social media marketer to a hashtag boss babe, managing client needs, talented team members, and my husband and four kiddos on our little farm here in Eastern Iowa. And what I've learned in that time is that it's not just about going full force or any one size fits all strategy for a business owner. It takes you leaning into your unique gifts, intuition, and goals, and learning who you are as a person along the way to founding this business. So come along for lessons and stories from female founders growing and scaling their businesses through energetics, tried and true tactics, and high vibe personal growth. Be ready to get found. Hey there, listeners. This episode of The Found Podcast is unlike any other you have heard here before. Number one, we have a guest on the podcast for the first time in months. We are welcoming my sister, Jessie Ryan, and Jessie brings with her a fresh perspective that we haven't had on the podcast before either. Jessie comes to us as a nurse and someone in the healthcare field. She is part of the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. And today we really do talk about anything and everything. We wanted this to just be like a fun little conversation between sisters. We are lovingly calling this Cascade Heights because, you know, siblings hosting a podcast together with no apparent point. Like, I mean, doesn't it just bring you the new Heights, Jason and Travis Kelsey vibe? Um, So we're calling it Cascade Heights because that's where we came from. Cascade, Iowa. And we talk about our upbringing in a small town. We talk about Christmas memories, the best Christmas gifts we've ever received, memories of Christmas, parents, you might want to just like, we don't want to ruin any Christmas surprises, gifts or anything like that. So we might want to watch out for little ears as we're listening to today's episode, just as a note. Um, And we talk about growing up in the millennial generation. We talk a lot about what computers used to be like. We talked about recording cassettes off the radio. And we talk about her work experience and especially now someone who is transitioning more into a leadership role at her company. Um, She's really talking about what it means to be a leader and how workplace culture affects the value you feel in the workplace and how she's really seeing the importance and the emphasis on culture by her own leadership team. So we talk about a lot of things, you know, Zac Efron, Taylor Swift, Polly Pockets, Sims, if you remember the Sims video game of the early 2000s, like you're going to love this episode. But please know that there isn't really a point. We are really just riffing the whole episode, but I hope you giggle along with us. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you have a great end to 2023. As we look ahead to 2024 here on the Found Podcast and at Molly Knuth Media, I have some ideas. I have some really cool things coming up and I can't wait to share them with you. But for now, I just want you to relish in what's left of the year. I want you to not stress out about Christmas stuff as we talk about in the episode. And I just really want you to have enjoyable time with family, 
friends, and yourself. So from all of us here at Molly Knuth Media and to all of you who have listened to the Found Podcast this year and in years past, thank you so much. I value each and every one of you. And while you won't get a ton of business expertise from today's episode, I hope you get some giggles and some joy. From me to you, happy holidays, and I will see you in the new year. Jesse, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am too. Why don't you start and introduce us to yourself? Tell us who you are and a little bit about what you do. I'd love to. Um, I introduce myself like I introduce myself to a lot of people that know you. I'm Molly McAllister's sister. <laughs> I'm her younger sister, Jessie. <laughs> and that's where it ends. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, we did have a couple of listener submissions asking what it's like being related to me. No, just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Funny. Um, no, I'm Jesse. I am your sister. I was a McAllister. Now I'm a Ryan. And that's been the case since 2018 when I got married. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I am a nurse. I work for the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. And I've worked here my whole career as a nurse. When I started getting into nursing, I worked at Finley as a CNA. And then once I graduated with my RN license, I've been at the university. I worked in the children's hospital for a um, couple years. I think like four years, I started off um, working with peds oncology primarily. And then um, when the new children's hospital opened up, I was a part of the team that got to move the first patients over. So that was really cool. And then... Um, I worked in peds oncology up until like 2019, and then I switched and I worked in the PICU for like another year and a half after that. And then once I had a baby, everything changed and I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I was like, I can't do these 12 hour shifts. I can't do these drives and nights and weekends. And even though at that point I was on days, but still the weekends and stuff, I was wanting to change. So then I moved to like an ambulatory clinic within the U and then that's where I've been ever since. And I now am like a assistant nurse manager, but I also do um, CPL, clinical practice leader things. So I do education for all of our staff and help with like workflows and most recently like clinic acquisitions. So when we acquire new clinics and I'm in charge of getting those new staff like um, hired up and get, make sure that they all know what's going on. Oh. professional. Thank you. And you have a family at home. And so oh, yes. tell us a little bit about your family. Yes. Personal life. I have a family. So my husband, Bob, he's a farmer and I, we have two kids. Margo is three and a half and Mac is 15 months. And they're both, I think they're both cute and they're funny. <laughs> they are cute and, and funny. I can vouch for that. <laughs> And they're also having kids is, I always text you, but it's a whirlwind. Never know what you're going to get. And Mac is still not sleeping well. So it's what it is. I've gotten two good stretches though. The last two nights, he like wakes up at 10 and then, then he's down for the night, but I don't know what his deal is at 10 o'clock. So I feel, I Maybe think you need to teething. like sage their, their room. Like I might. And I also, then I saw another meme with the Spotify wrapped that said like, I've said that my 
child was teething like so many thousands of times this year. And I'm like, that's literally me. Like every day I'm saying that. I think he's teething. I think it's this. I think it's his ears. I don't know. Don't know what it is. But yeah. And so, It yeah, is those always are my kids. like trying to balance kids and work. And we were, before we hit record, we were just talking about all of the things that come along with being a woman who has to coordinate and plan Christmas. Yes. It's just like so much shit. Mm hmm. It's so much shit. And I think that like, I don't think I realized how hard it was. And, you know, then you always have that extra appreciation for your mom. And you're like, how did she do it all the time? And I also get it too, because like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not ragging on mom. <laughs> like we didn't do stockings. And um, we also St. Nick didn't come to our house. And um, there was Mm -hmm. And other we didn't things. have elves in that day and age. No, but I also... I didn't care then and I don't care now. Like, I think sometimes I didn't even realize there's a St. Nick until like some kids at school talked about it. And I asked mom and she's like, he just doesn't come to our house. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And, um, but now I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And the elves aren't coming over. St. Nick's not coming over. And we're just doing basic things because that's all I have the capacity for. I'm not good at being super crafty. I hate, I loathe wrapping gifts. So when that time comes, I just, I'm a bear. I'm a big Grinch about that. And like, I wrapped one present last night and the whole time I was like, this is, I hate it. And now I don't even, I try to make them look nice, but if there's like flaws, I don't care. You get what you get because the paper's coming off anyways and nobody cares. I care for <laughs> one day. Like when I'm doing mm-hmm. my bulk of wrapping, then I'll make them look cute. But I was wrapping. Did you see my stories last night? I was trying to wrap a skateboard. Yeah, I don't, I don't mess with that at That all. was brutal. It was so Mm -hmm. stupid. And I was like, the intention, you know, and I, then I feel bad. And that's kind of the cycle of being a woman, right? Like Yeah. you do something, you try to make it nice. And then you end up sometimes getting resentful in the process. And I'm like, this is terrible. Why am I? And then, but anyway, by the end, I was just like folding corners and throwing tape on. And I was like, it's fine. I get so angry. <laughs> and then I'm like, trying to like fold the paper nice and then it like crinkles wrong and so many times if I have the wrong wrapping paper and it crinkles wrong I just end up shoving it into the corner until I can tape it so that it sticks and then I tape something over it because I'm like I don't care <laughs> I mean I care because I want them to get a nice gift but I'm like it's more about what's on the inside right it's more about what's on the inside that matters so I'm I worry less about what the wrapping looks like but that is just like another thing to add to the never-ending list especially around the holidays and then like yeah you're just getting my lists are just so long I told somebody today at work I was like I feel like I like pulled out my list and it's like rolling but it's like rolling down across the floor and out the door because it's that long of me to do all those things and I just don't know where to start my head's spinning I know. it'll all get done Um, but you just That's want what it I was to just feel going to say. good and you want it to be when it is done like ideally I'd love to have a week where I feel like I'm done and everything's caught up but I know me and I'm not going to do that it'll be December 22nd and I'll be wrapping my gifts so that they're under the tree for one day That's, I was just texting Ryan and I told you this before we hit record, but next week's schedule is just brutal. And mm-hmm we just added something in this morning. That's the night of the 22nd. And he's like, what can I do? And I said, you could take the kids there. And then in my head, I'm like, okay, perfect. That's when I can wrap all my gifts. <laughs> so the night of the 22nd, I will be 
bulk wrapping all of the presents that get shipped to us probably the next six days since I haven't done anything. <laughs> with ordering. I have tomorrow, I have the day off ish since I'm admin on call right now. So like I'm on call for the week if things come up like after hours and on the weekends. But I asked my boss if I could just Jamie, in case she listens, I asked Jamie if I could have the day off to see if I could just catch up on my last minute like shopping and get some things wrapped and but again, I know me and I'm going to do the shopping, but I'm going to come home and I won't wrap. I'll do so. I'll find anything else to do because I won't, I won't want to wrap. <laughs> well, but you, so like in addition to having a job and like, you know, living an hour away from where you work and then being mm-hmm. in charge of like admin on call, plus all of your clinic stuff and the kids, like you're also going back to school right now for your master's. Yes, I am. And yeah, I, I hate it. I loathe that too, but um for me to be so right now I'm an assistant nurse manager and due to all the technical things I can't be a clinical practice leader until I get my master's so I've been working on getting my master's so that I could get reclassed to be a clinical practice leader and so currently right now um, as an A&M I have uh, what's the word oh direct reports I have people that report to me and so as an A&M I manage them And then I also do like some CPL things, but then once I am reclassed, then ideally I will only do CPL things and that will be once I get my master's. So I've been in my master's program for almost two years and it's fine, but I keep, and now I'm in a group online on Facebook that people talk about like how to get through classes and give each other tips and things like that. And um, some people are like, oh, I started the program in September. And my goal is to get it done in April and I have two classes left. And I'm just like, how, how did you do this? Because I get an assignment done and it takes me like weeks to get another assignment done just because I have all the things. And I also like, I enjoy my me time. So I don't want to constantly be working on an assignment like I don't. And so it's probably a little bit of me too, but yeah, I don't like going back to school either. And it's just like, you know, it's also the thing of, I'm doing it because I, I need that title behind my name that says that I got my master's. And there are things that I've learned in it, but I would say that most of the things that I've learned have been working in the role that I'm in, that then I can apply it to school rather than I learned it in school. So I'm applying it to my job. So, you know, I think that's just like the also the society and the culture that we're into because everybody, all the jobs require you to do more, get the certificate. I think like I think nursing and like teachers are like similar in that those are like the two fields where people like women work very, very hard. It's a women, they're both like women predominantly like careers. Mm -hmm. And it's also like the two careers that, oh, for you to do, to get paid more, you have to get this certificate. But then once you get this certificate, then you should get your master's, then you get more, and then you can do this certificate because my sister-in-law well, Bridget, she, I think she's got her master's and then she also has like three certificates and she's working on like another one. And I'm like, that is insane. All to be a teacher and like being a teacher is great and I love it, but it's also a very, very hard, it's very hard now for teachers to do all the things that they do and deal with the parents and depending on what school district you're in, it's harder than others and there's just a lot. So I'm also get frustrated with that in nursing because it's, again, I have to, to get more, you have to do more. And that's, I mean, that's a job, but also 
that's my soapbox. <laughs> well, but there's something to be said about like on the job experience. And like, if you're looking at like a business role, like you can advance because you've gained X number of years of experience, or you've yeah. worked up through certain ex- like experiences or tasks, and then you can get that next role. But for some industries like nursing, like teaching, it's almost like you can't just rise up because of your experience or because of things that you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. You have to also have that piece of paper with your name on it too, which yeah. I think like, you know, in this day and age, as we have like information and technology and all that stuff, like that's almost like an antiquated way of approaching. I don't know. I know. And I really like, um, like, I love working for UIHC, especially like I work for UIHC and then I work as like in University of Iowa Community Clinics. So that's like a branch of UIHC. And we have like, um, not separate leadership, but like our own leadership. And I would say that this is like the most supported I've ever felt in a job. And I know that like the people that are above me and that I work with, everybody really cares about the culture. And so, and they're also very positive about you're going back to school, like you're doing a lot. So like, make sure you're like thinking about like what you have to do at home too. Like very, always, always making sure that like your mental health is top of mind too. And that like, you're taking care of yourself and all the things that work. So I really like where I work and that's why I want to continue working here. And also why I'm like getting my master's is ultimately worth it if I can stay with this team. So I think there's Mm -hmm. always that to weigh too, but I just think it's um, frustrating that it's always nursing or education, that it's people that are always pushing themselves harder and harder to get just like even a little half step higher from where they were. So, yeah. I like that you said that about culture because so much of our listenership here is going to, well, we're going to have probably family and friends listening and we promise Mm -hmm. we're going to take listener submissions in just a little bit and won't be so (laughs) serious the whole time. Um, But a lot of the people who are listening are either solo entrepreneurs, small business owners, and so leaders in their own right. So I really think that it was good that you brought up the perspective of wanting to stay part of the team, not necessarily because of benefits. I mean, I'm sure all of that comes together, benefits, yeah. incentives, things like that. But the culture is a big part of it. And you want to stay because of the people. And Mm -hmm. so are there specific things that you've had leaders above you or alongside you do that you were like, oh, that was like a really good leadership move that made me feel valued or made me feel seen? Yeah, I, I could probably give more of a generic one. And if I think of one in this process too, then I'll give my specific one. But I just know like ever since I've been out in UICC, it's always been a very not like a hierarchy. It's not like you have like your leaders and then you have your clinical staff. And then like, you know, it's not levels of people. Everybody tries to work together to make sure that we all get it done. And we really put a big emphasis on um, rounding with the staff to make sure that we're checking in and making like that we're not disconnected from the things that they're doing. And I think that's huge because so much of the time you hear like leadership is disconnected or like, you know, they keep saying like, okay, now we're going to add this to your plate. So then we're going to do this and we're going to change your workflow without actually truly understanding like what that means for the clinical staff member or the person doing the job, because that could really affect their day. So I think that before we do anything, our culture is that like we check in with our people and we're always like, what would this do to your day? How would this affect you? How does it affect you when we implemented this a couple of weeks ago? So 
I think we're really good about trying to stay connected with people. And I think that comes from the top down too. Like we have two very good leaders that lead our team and they're always making sure that they're checking on those below them. And I think that just creates like the whole, the whole thing, like even the people above are checking on the people like that they work closely with. And then those people are checking in on their people. Like Jamie is my boss, but I know I'm always like, you need to take a break and she'll check me too and be like, you need to do this. You need to take a break, go take a day, be with your family. Don't worry about any of this. It's fine. And I'll do the same for her. So I think that makes me feel even more supported is that I know that these people I can come to with whatever's going on and they're going to help me. And there's been multiple times that I've cried (laughs) on my one-on-ones because number one, I'm a sensitive person. You know this. (laughs) I'm probably just be. Yeah, I'm a highly (laughs) sensitive person. (laughs) um, There's just been multiple times where I've been like talking to Becca was my old boss and she moved into a new role and now it's Jamie. And it's just been both times I've been talking to them. Random points in the year where like I'm not getting a lot of sleep because of my kids. So there's just a lot going on and they can recognize it and they can say, hey, you need to slow down. You need to do this. I can take this from you you focus on that. So everybody's really just, I'd say overall, just good at supporting each other and being able to say like, I'll take this, I'll help you with this and not expecting you to help them with something in return, but just knowing that that's better for you. So that's what makes me the most happy in my job. And just knowing I can be honest about what's going on too. Like I've got a lot of things going on at home and I really can't focus on anything here at work today. Like I I'm going to be here, but like, I'm maybe not going to be giving a hundred percent. And they're like, yeah, like that's, that's all you need to do today. So I think that's been really good. And just having that flexibility to talk to them about it is good too. I think that's what other leaders could do. Yep. I was just going to say, I think that's just really good lessons in like just empathy, you know, Mm -hmm. like realizing that the people on your team or on your staff have lives and Mm -hmm. that we might have goals, but it's going to take, you know, if there's something going on in their personal life, that then there's going to be like, like you said, some days that you can give a hundred percent, some days you can only give 50 and that's going to have to be enough. And recognizing that and allowing for it is what good leaders can do. Yep. Yeah. That's definitely like what I've learned being out here. And I never, I didn't get into nursing thinking I wanted to be leadership at all. And if you asked me, like when I first started being a nurse, I would have said, I don't want to do that. That sounds terrible. But once I moved from, and I've, I've had good leadership in the past too. Like I've been supported when I was working inpatient too, but it was really when I came to outpatient and working in ambulatory that then I started seeing what it is that this group of leaders was doing and how it was impacting their staff and how it was keeping people happy and feeling supported. And I was like, I want to be a part of that. So then that's really what made me change my mind. Because for a while, I probably thought I wanted to be a nurse practitioner. Then when I came out here, I was like, you know, I think I want to pursue leadership. And I've really loved what I'm doing now. Because now I'm kind of like what I'm doing is like a hybrid, like teacher role Mm -hmm. with also um, nursing. So and it's been great. I really like it. Love it. Okay. Should we mm-hmm. transition into more of like our non-professional side and talk about yeah, I love the that. things we usually, okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the first thing we do have listener submissions. We are recording this shortly before Christmas. Um, but what I really want to lead with is the cinematic masterpiece that is high school musical three and the TikTok you sent me last night. I was really hoping this was going to come up. <laughs> 
So I almost I brought it up on my own. This. Did you? <laughs> I was trying to figure out how I can work it in, but this is great. How could you weave it? Okay. So Jesse and I are like six, almost six years apart. So I'm mm-hmm. the oldest, Jesse's the middle. And then there's like another almost there's six Will. years to our brother. Yeah. Will's the baby. He's the only boy. And, mm-hmm. you know. um, it's but well. anyway, and that's enough about Will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't remember how old we were, but I remember we went to high school musical three together in the theater. We took um, Nora, who's our cousin, but that was like shortly before I started teaching. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know where so this you is going. were still like in high school. Yes. So I think that the second high school musical came out, high school musical two came out, I think when I was going into my freshman year of high school, cause I remember where I was when that came out, I was watching it at a friend's house. They had a watch party. And I hadn't watched High School Musical 1. So I was like, well, whatever. I'm only here because there's people here and I want to hang out with my friends. Mm -hmm. And then I got hooked on High School Musical 2. And then High School Musical 3 came out. So I want to say it was maybe, and I feel like there was a quick turnaround between High School Musical 2 and High School Musical 3. So I feel like maybe I was still a freshman or maybe a sophomore. So that would have been, I was like 15 or 16. Okay. And I remember where I was when High School Musical 2 came out. We had just moved into our house at UNI. So I was going into my junior year. So I was like 20. But anyway, when mm-hmm. after High School Musical 3 came out, and then I was teaching, and you helped me move into my classroom. And then we decided we were going to take that like Zac Efron moment. Mm-hmm. It really did change lives. Um, he did. He's getting his star on the Walk of Fame this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we were running up and down the hallways and you were jumping off of lockers. And stuff and I just will never forget that. I know. I was thinking. It, so that video came up last night because obviously we're talking about his epic song, Scream. Mm-hmm. And I will say that it's better than Bet On It. Bet On It is good in its own right because he's on the golf course and there's a lot of um, space to move around. But in the say, scenic vistas mm-hmm. of the Arizona golf course were gorgeous and there's but... water he can splash the water he can jump up and down like there's a lot that he can work with but him being in that high school and only <laughs> having the lockers in the hallways to give all of his energy and his emotion to for struggling with what he was going to do is he going to go to Juilliard is he going to go to college and play basketball who knows but he was having that internal struggle and he played it out on that screen for all of us to see and I think one of my favorite parts is when he's going up the stairs and every single stair he's like bouncing his head (laughs) air is like flopping too that and then he's got the same like I feel like they use the same set as NSYNC did for um bye 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 with this the square that turns yeah the Mm -hmm. box that turns because he does all of his tricks with that too but I'll never forget that. And we were running up and down the halls and bouncing off the lockers, slamming against the lockers. <laughs> <laughs> it was like parkour, except mm-hmm. just in a high school hallway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh. I, that's what I think of all the time when I hear this. <laughs> and in my head, like Zach Efron is still that age. And like when I see him now with like all of his Botox and jaw fillers, I'm like, who is this guy? Because he should he, still be that 25 year old who's pretending to be 17. Well, and I think the way, I think the reason his jaw looks different now is he got in that accident. And I think that like broke his jaw. I think. Uh, I'm, I, you'll have to I'm not check. saying you're not. I'm just saying, I think he had a little. 
I think he had a, I'm not saying he didn't, but I'm, I, Zach Efron Jaws, the first thing that pops up on Google. So <laughs> we'll have to circle back on this. But yeah, he does look different now, but um, I still see him as Troy Bolton. Troy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wildcat. Wildcat. <laughs> okay. Cat. Next question. Jesse, what is your favorite Christmas memory growing up? Okay. I've been spending a lot of time thinking about this because for a little, like, you know, you get older and you think of your memory is like not great. It's, it's not going bad, but I was like trying to think of like more than one Christmas memory. And I felt like some of them, I just don't, there's just nothing there. But I think it's just because the one that stands out the most is the year that um, Santa got me homemade dress up outfits. And oh, I came yeah. down the stairs and I was mad. So I think it was a little earlier than I wanted to wake up. I didn't wake up on my own to go downstairs to see Santa. But I think maybe Will woke up and he was younger. So it was time to go. And we had to gather at the top of the stairs and all go downstairs together. And I was really tired. And we know I'm not a morning person. And so we went downstairs and I was just mad. I like saw what I got for Christmas and I was just so upset and (laughs) cried was mad because he didn't get me some of the things that I did want. And then I think eventually I just went back upstairs to go back to bed. And then like an hour later, I came back downstairs and mom's got it on video that I'm like trying on my new outfits. And I'm like, look at this one. Oh my gosh, this one. And I'm playing dress up and I'm like so excited putting on a fashion show for everybody. <laughs> and it's just like how quickly my mood changed. <laughs> First, and it was like the, the worst Christmas when- ever. And the best is that it's on like a home video. So it's like you go from Jesse crying on the stairs and running back up to her room. And then it's like that weird like cut where it's like everything's fuzzy. And then the next very next thing that you see on the video is Jesse smiling and she's in her new dress up genie costume and she's pretending to come out of her <laughs> genie bottle. And she's like laughing at herself and just loving the shit out of life. And that is a good one. I kind of forgot about that. Okay. And I do have another one. My other one that I remember is when we went to McAllister Christmas in Monroe. And when we came home, Santa had already come. It wasn't even the next day. It was like before midnight and we came in the house and there was toys. And we were like, I just remember I about pooped my pants because I was so excited. And then in my head, I was like, he's gotta be real. If he can do this, how else would this happen? My parents are with me the whole time. Like, Everybody, if somebody else told me differently, I, I was like, no, you guys don't know what Santa did at my house. He came the night before. Like, now I know what actually happened, but I just remember being shocked and my faith was like 10 times deeper. You and I just was probably, like rooted into that. Yeah, I really clung to that moment because I was like, he's, he's real. Like, there's nothing, you can't convince me otherwise because how else would the, how else would the presents get there with my parents in the car with me? Mm-hmm. There's no other way. But that's the other one I remember. What's yours? Um, I remember those. And then I remember, so like we lived in this like 1920s house for a long time until I was, I, I was like 15 or 16. And then we lived mm-hmm. in an apartment for a little bit while our parents built the house. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that Christmas at the apartment because I got a five disc CD player, like a boom box, <laughs> like the. I loved the shit out of that thing. And I got like a birthstone ring and I was like, oh my gosh, it was everything I ever wanted. 
And so I remember those years. At the I most. also and remember the year that you got, um, it was either a ring or a bra or a necklace and mom wrapped it in this gigantic box. And oh, she that was put, my like, ring. <laughs> was that the ring? Okay. She put it in the gigantic box and you had to open that one. And then there was another one all the way down until you got to your ring box. <laughs> yeah. And I love, I remember I shaking it. it. I was like, what is this? We don't know what this is going to be. It's huge. <laughs> and you're like, I don't um, even know what I asked for that's that big. Do you remember the year that Santa brought us a computer? <sighs> okay. Vaguely. I remember. Tell me more. I kind of remember, but I don't know. So we were just having this conversation with the kids last night because we were talking about like immediate gratification. We're like, okay, yeah. if you guys hear a song and you like a song, you can just go look it up and you can hear it right away. And then we had to walk them through like the whole evolution of listening to the radio, find it. Like if your favorite song came on, you better have that blank cassette in there and record, which is even before your day, I think. Um, yeah, I remember you doing this. I never had to do that. But I remember like when we shared a room that you would do that to get your favorite songs. And then I remember All listening on to a little cassette. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we got, I think I was in eighth. I know I was like going into eighth grade. Santa brought us a computer and it was like, it wasn't a Dell. It wasn't a, a I think it was a gateway. And it yeah. was like the old huge monitor, mm -hmm. the like tower. And then I think with the package, it came with like a bunch of these like introductory CDs that you could play. But <laughs> Our office was in the attic of this old house and this computer ran so hot that if you played on the computer or in my case, like either playing Sims or downloading a bunch of nasty music on Napster and LimeWire that was going to like bring viruses galore. But the computer ran so hot that like you would come up the steps to that room and it would be like oh, 95 hot. degrees. You'd be sweating mm -hmm. your ass off, but you're like, you have to crack that window open. Get... Yes. And our PlayStation <laughs> was up there too. Um, but I just, and then we told the kids about LimeWire and Napster and mm -hmm. now they have, now they have all the things that they have available to yep. them at eight years old. And it's not very fair. I know. I do remember one of the Christmases, you, I think you got, maybe got Sims hot date or Sims, <laughs> you got Sims something like some kind of expansion pack. It might've just been the original Sims expansion pack. And I remember we spent the whole day in the attic playing Sims because like, I don't, I just remember it was Christmas day and we kept going upstairs and then I kept seeing what you were doing and I'm like, oh, she's building the house. And then I go back downstairs <laughs> and then I come up there again. Like that was my, I think that was my life from, I don't know how old I was, like six or seven until I was like 14. First of all, when I wasn't old enough to play, I would sit with you and I would sit with our cousin, Sam. I'd go up to Pete's house and, and I just sit there. Sam had all the expansion packs. Did all the expansion packs. And I'd always sit there and just, you know, I'd just sit there. We'd eat snacks. We'd drink pop. And I'd just watch them play. And I, <laughs> I didn't even, like, there because, you know, it was your family. It wasn't my family's. And so your Sims families. And so, like, I couldn't play your families because I didn't want to mess anything up. But I just remember watching you guys. And, like, that gave me joy. <laughs> That's, you guys are probably the original YouTube uh, influencers <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> See, and then... By the time you were old enough to play, that's when like Sims 2 came out and everything was like so much more realistic and you had uh -huh. so many more options. And yeah, it was so much cooler than the Sims 1 that I had. Yes. And do you remember when your Sims got the Sims plague? I will never <laughs> forget that you had, you had been working on this family forever. And 
they had a nice house. Oh, I remember they lived in like a nice house right along the river. And I think they had a kid. I don't know. You, It was like a single guy that like he met his neighbor and like they got engaged. They got married. They had a baby, maybe a couple kids. And then one day they all got sick and they all had like the cough, like the, I don't know what happened. This happened to like a lot of Sims. They just like got sick and died. And I just remember they all died and you're like, so devastated like I worked so hard on that family and like I don't even think you use cheat codes like it was like all hard-earned cash <laughs> hard-earned simoleons I didn't even use rosebud <laughs> didn't even use rosebud that was just work you put in the effort for that <laughs> and so then they just got sick and died so when COVID came around that's what I thought of <laughs> I was like this is just like this is just like the sims this is what's gonna get us <laughs> oh my gosh okay so what was your favorite Christmas gift that you ever got was it those dress-up clothes hmm. okay I don't know I I think I don't know if it was Santa that got me this but I think my favorite Christmas gift was when I got my first mp3 player and it wasn't Ooh. uh um I didn't get an iPod which I was a little upset about but I get it um it was a Sansa and it was like it had a little it had a little screen and it had a little rolly thing and it actually was worked it really well at first I had a black one and then I had a red one and I think so your red one's at my house right now oh it I might think the be kids play with it mm-hmm. and I was so excited to have that because before I had that then I had my Walkman that I would listen to on the bus every day and um it had the cool headphones that like linked over your ears. It wasn't like the, it wasn't like regular headsets, but it was just like the ones that hooked up to your ears. And I just thought it was the best. I loved my Walkman. And then when I got my MP3 player, I loved that. I thought it was so cool. Even though it wasn't an iPod, it still made me very happy. Mm, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Either that or when did I get my Barbie dream house? Was that for Christmas? I don't know. You might have gotten that for Christmas. I remember that's I was probably so up there too. Because I was Cause like, like, I'll never forget that. That was the best. Oh, that Barbie dream. I did get that awesome. for Christmas. I'm pretty sure because that had the elevator, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I that's probably it. That's probably my favorite. And then now you have a replica of that for Margot in the basement. I do, but it doesn't have a working elevator, and so I'm still on the hunt for maybe a different one. Or I really, really, and I told mom this too, I want to find like the Our Family dollhouse. That's like. Uh, um, Sam had one of, of those too. I always yes. wanted that one. Yes. A lot of kids had this growing up. And I remember when I'd babysit at people's houses and they had it, I'd be like, let's play dolls because uh, <laughs> this is the coolest. And it had like the family with the van and the house had like a blue roof and it was a white house. Mm-hmm. And the people were just like, yep, it had stairs. Mm -hmm. It had all the coolest stuff. So I've been trying to find that. And I found it on, um, oh, what's like a, I'm never going to think about what the site is, but I found it on a site, Mercari, for $375. And I was like, I don't, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm looking, I'll pay $100 for it, but I'm not going to pay like $400. (laughs) That's a little. So that's a little pricey. It's a little much. Yeah. And then just since we're on the line of toys, I know that we talk about this frequently, but Polly Pockets, 
and how mom gave our Polly Pockets away. And I would love they were to your Polly Pockets. They weren't mine. They... You had all the Polly Pockets. I would love to still have those, but alas. <laughs> <laughs> the Pollies are lost. They're lost. And then I've I've found like TikToks of people playing with Polly Pockets. And I'm like, I had that one. I had that one. And it's just the one you know, I remember you... is the one that was pink and it had like the yellow gold bow on the outside. And when you opened yes. it up, it was like a city scene. Yes. And I, I sent this to your personal your Instagram. Pals. I just found this one like not too long ago and I sent it to your personal Instagram. So you probably just haven't seen it yet. But um, it's exactly you open it up and it's like it was like date night or something. And they had like, and I think that's what sparked me wanting to live in the city, which I never did. But growing up, I always wanted to live in a city. I think it's because I thought I could have an apartment like that. And it oh had my God, like, you did just send it to me. I didn't mm-hmm. see it yet. <laughs> that's the one I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like you manifested it. My God. I literally did not look at this. <gasps> mm-hmm. and okay, then the this was table, yours, the table but I did lights. play with it a lot. Yeah, you could turn oh, the table lights on and switch it from a cake to dinner. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, blast from the past. Yes, and you had all these Polly's, but my favorite one you had, she was a redhead with pigtails and I always named her Gretchen. <laughs> I, I loved her. I think I named her Gretchen then because that's just what she was. Like you played with her enough that she was Gretchen and she's just Gretchen to me. But oh I love those Polly's and I can't remember any of the other ones I had, but I know I had a lot. I just remember that one in particular. That's the one I remember too. Well, that was random. I know. Um, I know we had like, so because we were two girls, but we grew up almost in different eras, if you will, because yeah. there's such an age gap. Mm-hmm. You, I remember. Well, like, you're like an elder I, millennial, not yeah. elder. That's not the word, but no, I'm, I think I am like technically. And then I'm an like the millennial. younger millennials. Mm-hmm. Right. Because okay. like, yeah, I think like, I think about it like in terms of the technology, like I had the cassettes and then the Walkman. I remember mowing the lawn with my CD player and I had the sync CD that was like brown and yellow. And I like mm-hmm. had the clear like Walkman cover. And every time I'd hit, we had to push mow that stupid lawn and I would always like hit bumps and then it'd skip. And so I think that was like eighth grade. And then I had an iPod my senior year and then, and then things evolved. But you then, had that like, iPod at prom, didn't you? After prom, yeah. Mm-hmm, I remember that. <laughs> and I remember being so excited. I probably told this story before, but like uh, after prom, like your name got drawn or your number, and then you could go up and pick your prize. And everybody was picking like the microwave and the food time and like stuff like they could use practically yeah. when they went to college. And I was like middle of the pack and I was, I was gunning for that iPod and I got it. And it, <laughs> I was so happy. And it was a, like first gen. And so it was like not even that good. Like it was glitchy no. all the time. But I just love mm-hmm. that damn thing. Your song that you had on it was Hollaback Girl. And I remember I'd steal it sometimes and listen to it. And it would piss you off because you're like, that's mine. That's my iPad, <laughs> my iPod. And I don't want you to break it. And I get it. But I was like, I just want to listen to it because it's so cool. It's an iPod. Nobody has one of these. And that I just song, always, okay. I'd steal it and I'd listen to Hollaback Girl. <laughs> That song makes me think of, so shortly after I got that iPod, we might've even taken it on this, but I remember my friends, we were seniors. And so my friends made it to like golf state 
and we were already out of school and like all the juniors and underclassmen still had to be in school, but we were out. So we got in Danielle's yellow bug. We drove to Des Moines and I just remember like listening to that song on repeat in that yellow bug. I forgot Danielle had a yellow bug. And now this is reminding me of that because I was so jealous of her. And it brings me to another Christmas present that I loved. I think Pat gave me, somebody gave me, I think it was my Uncle Pat, because he's my godfather, gave me my uh, the red beetle, the red bug for Barbies. And it was so cool. And it had a little flower pot in it. And it was just like the real thing. I just couldn't and fit any Barbies in the backseat. open the trunk. Yep. Mm-hmm. I loved, loved that thing. I think it's still around. It's just in worse shape. It's somewhere. And the Barbie dream house didn't make it either. No. Okay, that... I have a couple listener. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go sorry. On. Just just finishing up with the where the Barbie dream house went. I think that was a part of the um, the melted crayons in the toy room. That disaster. Because I left crayons out when I was playing in the toy room when we lived in the old house. And the oh, toy room had windows yeah. on three sides of it. And it was on the second floor. And I played one day and I left everything out. And I came back the next day. And all my crayons melted all over the floor because it got so hot. And maybe it'd been a couple days because I was like, it's going to be too hot in the toy room. I don't want to go play in there. And I remember we came back and there was like melted crayons all over the floor. It was like they were glued then to like different toys. Barbie hair. We had to cut Barbie hair out because some of the crayons got in their hair. And we had to like clear out so many toys. I mean dad was probably so pissed <laughs> i remember dad being mad because it ruined the carpet yes Ugh. that was a <laughs> tough one <laughs> okay listen um, okay we have a couple gosh we could just talk forever um okay. a couple of listener questions so i kind of modified this but a listener did write in asking about the hometown heroes so could you tell us who are oh. hometown heroes and how did yes. you get them in i'd love to Okay, Hometown Heroes are my group of friends from high school and college and beyond. And um, first, I would say that we started as, you know, two different groups because we're in two different grades. So um, there was like my age that graduated in 2011. And then there was the age below me that graduated in 2010. So mostly in high school, we hung out, but it was like, you know, it's still just like we're in a different grade. But then I'd say that like once we got to high school, like seniors and juniors, and then in college too that's really when we got closer and then we all left cascade then we had the hometown heroes group text group that started shortly after that but also i can't remember exactly because it's crazy talking about the evolution of technology when i was a freshman and i went to college i had a blackberry i think or i didn't get a blackberry until i was in college but before that i had a flip phone and we really didn't have group texts so Group text didn't really start until I think um, group me. So then you'd have to download group me onto your phone to make a group text because you couldn't have a group text. So I think it was one of the first group me's that we had. And then we named it hometown heroes because honestly uh, we wanted something that rhymed with started with an H and it would go along with hometown. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that part's not very exciting, but, but yeah, that's the hometown heroes. And Hometown Heroes, still alive and well. Um, yeah, still alive and well. We just celebrated Claire's 30th birthday with 1993, Claire's version. And it was super fun. I had a good time. I played a few Taylor Swift songs on the bus that not everybody was crazy about, I will say. But um, like, Claire which loved ones? them. 
well, we played you're on your own kid. And is it over now? Probably not some like super well-known ones that everyone can jam to. We also did all too well, 10 minute version. And around minute seven, people were asking me to change it. And I was like, no, (laughs) we got to see it to the end. (laughs) Um, I would argue that is it over now, even though it was a vault track, like I think that one is probably one of my all-time favorite Taylor songs. So good. I love it. I like that one. I like, I pretty much like all the vault tracks in 1989. And when, now I'm going to get on my Taylor tangent, but when 1989 originally came out, it wasn't my favorite album. But listening to it now, and now that it she did Taylor's version, I love it. Love Clean. I So good. You said that's one of your favorite all-time mm-hmm. Taylor songs. Yes. I think 1989 was like the album, well, I take that back. I remember listening to Fearless like the whole way through and I liked that one, but I wouldn't consider myself like a big Taylor Swift fan. And then when 1989 came out, I was like, whoa, this is good. And then Ryan Adams covered the whole Wild album. streams. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is awesome. And then from there on, I was a pretty like good listener. And then when the vault tracks or when she released Taylor's version, those vault tracks, I was like, I'm not a big vault track listener, but yeah. those ones were so good. Yeah, I loved 1989 and Fearless for me was like, we like grew up with, like, I grew up with Taylor Swift. So like were when she you came 15 out, when that came out, I think she's 32. So we're like two years off, but like very close. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in eighth grade, I think was when her first album came out. And then when I was a freshman, sophomore, that's when Fearless came out. And like, we listened to that shit all the time, every single song. And, um, there were a couple friends, a couple of my friends that had the CDs and it was just like all you listen to anytime we're in their car. So like Fearless was big for high school. And then I think I kind of fell off the wagon for a little bit around like Speak Now and then and then kind of into Red. Like I or I think I came back mm-hmm. when she got came to Red because for a little bit I just was like, I don't know, I don't really like Taylor Swift. She, I'm too cool for her, but I don't know why, because then I got listened to her again and I was like, I'm all in. I'm a Swifty. She's great. Mm -hmm. She's great for the world. She is great. (laughs) And we were talking before we recorded. We are like, um, we're calling this episode Cascade Heights um, because we are Jason and Travis Kelsey siblings recording the pod together. Yes, we are. So if this this takes off and we have great feedback, maybe we'll keep doing it. And I would say (laughs) that our only similarities with the Kelsey brothers is that we are siblings because I'm not sporty and I don't. I don't want to speak for you, but I don't think you're sporty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My friends are going to love this if they listen. But like just a couple years ago, we were sitting around at somebody's house and we were talking about like the volleyball days. And I never like I played volleyball like in eighth, seventh, eighth, and maybe ninth grade. I hate I was terrible. But then like just randomly, like out of the blue, we were talking about something. And then Megan turns to Murr, I think, and she's like, Remember watching Molly try to go for, what do you call that, net drills? Like, I can't jump. Oh, like and I was block. like, you guys are still talking about how awful I was. Like, oh my God. I'm so, sure yeah, my friends to say, do too. Not sporty. No, and um, also like there's this weekend. So one of the stops on Claire's party bus was that we went to um, a house and we played college games. So we played beer pong flip cup. And before we got there, we started talking about beer pong and I was talking about it with Haley and Amber who are very sporty and very competitive. And they're going to love that I mentioned this because there was one time that um, Abby and I beat them 
in beer pong and no one had ever beat them in beer pong and we beat them and I'm not sporty. And so Amber tells me, she's like, you only beat me because I was blacked out. And I was like, that's not a reason. Winning is winning. And I won that time. So then we had to, <laughs> so then we had to do a rematch and I didn't have Abby, but I had Molly McQuillan. And so she joined the team and <laughs> she, we did really good. We got all the way to overtime and we lost, but I'd say we put up a good fight. But you made it a competition. Yes, we made it. They made it a competition. And um, they just like, and I would say that my friends would probably also give me shit about the way I would try to be athletic. I don't know. I'm not. A, I wouldn't even say I tried very hard. <laughs> um, I would say like you and I, we very much liked the couch. I'd say growing up, we could probably be defined as like in the summer, we would like lay on the couch until 11. And then we'd mm-hmm. get up and do our chore list really fast because mom would come home for lunch and we had to make sure we had everything done. But otherwise you could find us on the computer watching TV, yep. not doing sporty things. I was explaining it to Bob and I was, he's like, well, it's because he's like, well, I don't know why my athletic abilities came up. Cause then he was asking about dance team. I was like, I wasn't on dance team. And he's like, yeah. And you didn't play sports. I go, no. And he goes, so who'd you talk to? And I go like people like the rest of my classmates, like people on student council, um, people in speech, the drama department, like mm-hmm. lots of fun people. <laughs> I mean, we should have led with that in your intro. We are also speaking with Rizzo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rizzo from Greece. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, one of my favorite memories of Jesse is during that play when me and mom were sitting watching and you and my, was it Michael I had to like yeah, pretend to make out on stage for like mm-hmm. minutes. And we were it was just so long. Laughing. Yeah. It was so, so long. It was like, yeah, five solid minutes of like other people doing lines and we were just sitting on the stairs and we had and to like, pretend background. to make out and we're like grabbing each other's back. <laughs> and then sometimes we just sit there and giggle too. because. <laughs> This is ridiculous. <laughs> we're in high school, but this is totally okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is fine. And we're in Greece has a lot of like a lot of undertones in the musical that you don't realize in the movie or maybe you do, but it's not talked about as much. But like in the play, there was like a big like I remember we had the whole conversation about like or maybe we didn't just like what happens to Rizzo's baby. <laughs> like mm-hmm. We you allude to it a little bit more in the musical, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, in the movie, it's glossed over, and we watched that a lot when we were little. And then mm-hmm. once you're a little older and you watch it back, you're like, I shouldn't have been watching this. Yeah, you're like, I think that was over my head. Mm-hmm. Okay, Which I have okay. just a couple more questions, Jesse, and then we should probably yeah. wrap up. We've yeah. been doing this for a while. Okay, so first question. What are you reading or listening to right now? And this could be a book or a podcast. Okay. So I got a couple of things. A Netflix series. Yes. So um, I am currently reading as a physical book, uh, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I think it's yours Mm. that I borrowed a long time ago. I'm making my way through it. And I just started reading it on the plane coming home from New Orleans. And guess I haven't made much progress. But if I don't, I'm going to read it in a couple of weeks when I'm on vacation. And then um, I'm listening to All the Light We Cannot See. And that one I'm really into. Um, and then otherwise, and then for music, I pretty much listen to Taylor Swift. And I also really like um, 
Noah Cahan. I say I'll butcher his last name. Cahan or Khan. Oh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. He's gotten really popular this year. And so I like him, but I mostly listen to him and Taylor Swift. And then um, what I'm watching is uh, Winter House, my Bravo shows, Winter House, Southern Charm, and Bob and I together watch. have been watching The Americans, which is good. I don't watch any Bravo anymore. You used to be a Bravaholic, and you're not anymore. That was like 10 years ago. I know. I know. I really, I love Bravo. Love Vanderpump Rules. Love Summer House. Love Winter House. Love Southern Charm. Those are my favorites. What are your thoughts about the Royal Christmas card? They're big now. That's all I have to say. (laughs) I thought it was awesome. I loved that it was black and white. I thought it was so cute. Oh, yeah. Like, that's that's all really cute. I think I also forget that they have... What's the third kid's name? Louie, right? Louie. Mm-hmm. It took me forever. I was like, I when you first sent the picture of them uh, with George and Charlotte, I was like, oh my God, they're huge now. And then um, then I saw that Louie was there too. And I'm like, I forgot that he existed. When did but, this kid come along? Yeah, I was like, who is he and when was he born? But um, yeah, I thought it looks nice. And I, because um, it's a, is it the one too where they're in their jeans and the white shirts? Yes. That one's so classic. I thought it was like very Gap 1990s. It was. It's like Americana. Mm-hmm. 90s Americana. Except British. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I think that's the vibe they were doing. <laughs> Probably because Harry um, and Meghan are over here. They're like, we're the more American ones, is what they're trying to establish. They're like the Ralph Lauren Americans. And then yes. Harry and Meghan are like, I don't know, but not Ralph Lauren. Hmm, maybe they're the gap. What would be what would be that maybe they're the gap? Maybe they're the gap and um yeah. But I feel like they try harder than the gap. They do. Like mm. Ralph Lauren Are they J. Crew? Is like effortlessly cool. Would it be J. Crew? I don't know. I really like J. Crew though, so I would I don't really want to like say that J. Crew's not good. Okay. I'll have to think on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're like Coles, where Coles has like some I could see them being more Coles. Mm -hmm. But they're not a Ralph Lauren. No, they're not. Mm -mm. Okay. All right. Last question. Okay. What is your favorite memory of growing up in a small town? Or the best part of growing up in a small town? It doesn't have to be a memory. Um, I would say like just, I think, I think a lot about, I never had, you know, ideal, the perfect small town childhood core is now and then with the bikes and mm-hmm. driving up and down your streets. I was always super jealous of people that lived in Conrad Acres because I felt like they had that and they could just ride their bikes up and down the street. Our street but was a lot of older people. Our street was a lot of older people. But looking back on it, I still think like it was still very easy for me to get together with my friends because like Liz lived really close by and she was my bestie in elementary school. And so I remember I'd like walk to her house. She'd come walk to mine. And then we would do bike rides a lot in the summertime too. And I think just, I mean, everything with a small town is um, like, it's either a good thing or a bad thing. Cause like when you're in high school, you're like, I'm just going to get out of this small town and make myself my own life. I'm going to go do my own thing. And I really thought, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll do, I want to move away. I want to go do this. I want to do that. But I think that the older you get to, the more you just like, you really like all those memories and like having the friends that you've known forever. Cause it's fun to talk about the silly, stupid things that you did when you were 
in junior high and you'd go play night games or you'd go watch a movie at somebody's house and like, yeah, like it just like all those fun things. So I don't know if that really answered your question, but I think it's just, there's something to be said about like having like those lifelong memories too with people and like in the small town, like every, it's always, everybody knows you and knows like, I feel like the way that I grew up is different than it is now too. Like still a little bit more free to go do things when I was younger where like now it's probably a little bit more like, uh, I don't know if you should just like go three blocks away and then come back later. Yeah. Without a phone, without any form of contact, you're yeah, just how am I gonna to call you? there by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for your time today. You know, if we get a really great listener feedback, then maybe we can make Cascade Heights a regular thing. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd and, love to. And, so let know. me know. <laughs> yeah. I think that this would be like, we could have pop culture and I mean, you did have an idea at one point about a podcast, wasn't it called Iowa Nice or something yes. like that? Yes. And I tried to record one episode and I bought a microphone. Bob makes so much fun of me for it because he was like, hey, when I told you him, know what? We might be starting our own. We'll see how I know. this goes. Well, I told him, I, I was like, I'm going to be on Molly's podcast. And he was like, oh, you are? And I was like, yes. He's like, you're finally going to be able to use your microphone. And I was like, yeah. And then I'm using my Jabra headset at work. But um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe. But yeah, no, a couple of years ago, I mean, it was COVID. Everybody was starting a podcast. I was like, why not me? Why don't I do that? And there was no premise to it. I just thought I'd get together with my friends and start talking to them about different things, which I mean, it's still a possibility. I just like, I started recording it and then I would listen back and I was like, I, I feel so embarrassed. <laughs> and I think I just needed to plan out what I was going to talk about more. Cause like, I think I'd, I'd hit like a dead end sometimes. And I was like, I should probably come into this a little bit more prepared. <laughs> so it really hasn't well, taken off. And then when off, you have a but... guest, you can really like, you can yes. jam, you can play off mm-hmm. each other. You can talk about the Royals and then Zach Efron and it all just mm-hmm. comes together. I know. So um, maybe it will take off someday. I never trademarked it. So hopefully no one takes it because I still think it's a great name for a podcast. <laughs> Shoot, maybe we should have Miranda do a bleep right there so that the name isn't. Oh, I mean, whatever. If, I mean, (laughs) you heard it here first. I came up with it. Iowa nice. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Here we go. It's going to be a thing. 2024. thing. Maybe. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, Molly. I'll talk to you later. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening in to The Found Podcast. If you loved what you heard in today's episode, please head over to The Found Podcast on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. It means so much to know how you think about these episodes where I pour out my heart or to know what strategies you found most effective from our guest experts. While you're there, you can also check out that library of 100 plus episodes of stories of female founders and successful strategies for getting found in your business. Thank you again for being here this week and I'll be back with even more in next week's episode.